Hey friends, just a quick note before we get started. This was the very first episode that we ever recorded. And as such, we had not yet realized that my microphone had been set up backwards. So you might notice that my audio is a little bit subpar in this episode, but that will not be the case moving forward. Also, if you are a fan of The Wonder Years and you like this episode, keep an eye peeled on Patreon. We're going to be releasing our very first bonus episode this month, and that will be centered on the album The Greatest Generation. All right, let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome to Fest Friends Forever. I'm August Woody. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm not too twin. My pronouns are he, him. And we are here today with our very special guest, Stephen. Introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Stephen. Uh, pronouns he, him. Awesome. So today we are going to be talking about the Wonder Years and specifically the album Suburbia. I've given you all and I'm nothing. Straight from Wikipedia here, <laughs> the Wonder Years is nice. an American rock band from Lansdale, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, formed in July 2005. The band currently consists of Dan Susie Campbell, Casey Cavalier, Matt Brash, Josh Martin, Nick Steinborn, and Mike Kennedy. They have released seven full-length albums, two EPs, and several splits and compilations. Seven is hmm. so many. <laughs> That's a lot. So many. And just the amount of time that gets put into it is wild. It's impressive what you can come out with and really focus on. Seven albums. Well, since 2005, I mean, we're talking about almost 20 years at this point. Time is so weird. Oh, time is nothing. It's meaningless. It doesn't exist. It's really strange to me. So, like, I saw them for the first time in um, 2011, and that's when this album came out. And like by the time that the greatest generation they started releasing a couple of songs from it that was kind of at the point at which i kind of fell out i was like listening to other stuff so mm. this album for me still feels like the new one <laughs> <laughs> fair enough it's such an interesting way uh looking at it right like you just never i never saw anything past you know suburbia so i'm still Still treating it as new all these years later. And honestly, it sounds like it someone could still pin it as quote unquote newer album. It it's great. Yeah, like I when when I first started listening to the Wonder Years, this was still just a brand new album to me. But like honestly, re-listening to it and going back to it, it feels fresh because of relevance, I guess. Because I guess back then it was just like still in high school, really didn't have much um as far as like personal life problems i was just worrying about going to school but mm-hmm. it's you know coming back to it it feels refreshingly sad <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you know you you both have had experience with this album me i'm really in a way new on the wonder years right like i mean i've always heard people talk about the wonder years and oh. like this has been my f- I know I saw them. The first time I saw them was when they were touring with the uh, Pool Kids, Free Throwing Smash Love Songs, back uh, twenty twenty. And I was the first time saw them. First time I'd heard anything that was not came out swinging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 
this is the first time I've given this album even a couple of the, a couple of spins you know, for this podcast, and it's just it, it's so interesting how you said this. Is that it's still oddly relevant, refreshingly relevant? Yeah, as exactly. you get older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the the third album that they released, so I think by this point they were getting into the groove of things, and they you know mm-hmm. knew what they wanted to sound like. Yeah, I think they they have their their sound, and I, I always feel like the third album is really where you where you hone in on things and yeah start feeling like you you know what you're talking about. I mean, but even even the springboard of the upsides, and then coming right into this, a pretty stark difference too. I saw like uh, upsides, suburbia, and the great generation was like. Uh, someone someone said like the depression trio or something like that like it was like a saga (laughs) (laughs) well i always i always felt like suburbia was kind of a response to the upsides like they released the upsides and it's all you know posy and then suburbia seems like it's like all right guys calm down i'm not actually that (laughs) reality's crashing back down So this album did come out in June of 2011. It was released on Hopeless Records. Um, it's got a runtime of 40 minutes and seven seconds. With the deluxe edition that they released in November 2012 runs for an hour. Mm. And then there's time. like, and then there's a bunch of other deluxe tracks. Like Wikipedia has other ones listed that aren't on Spotify. So oh. There's like a total of 24 tracks, including what? including something listed what? as a new metal jam <laughs> called It's Murder Suicide, which I what? did not listen to. <laughs> yeah. I... We can speculate uh, what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty wild. I mean, yeah, Spotify has like the, the acoustics and then like a, a few extra songs. Yeah, My Life is Rob Gordon, and then Me vs. the Highway, and then a couple of acoustic tracks, um, including Living Room Song, which we'll talk about later. But um, <laughs> I guess the the other ones that Wikipedia has listed are the the demo tracks for Kingdom oh. and yeah. Okay. That makes sense. The, a new metal demo track? That's interesting. Hmm. I might have to find that and check it out. <laughs> no, the new metal one, it just it's it it's called It's Murder Suicide, parentheses, new metal jam. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Which I, I genuinely have not heard before. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so either. Even better. <laughs> Since you both have had, you know, I would say, I would say more. I guess more experience. More experience, more, uh, a lot more time, you know, with the Wonder Years. You know, I guess I'd like to ask both of y'all. Take me when y'all got first, you know, got listening into the Wonder Years, right? Like, kind of where would you, where would you say you are with them now and with this album? I have been thinking about it for a while and I can't remember when or how I first got into the Wonder Years. I was really, really into No Sleep Records and just their whole catalog during that time period. So that's probably how. And then probably our friend group, Stephen, you know, listening to it with Vagrant Undertow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it just it seemed like something that all of my friends were listening to around that time and and still something that all of my friends listened to. So when I was thinking about the first 
episode that we were going to record, I just kind of figured, okay, well, the Wonder Years will be an easy one because I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that I'll find people that will have a lot to say. So, <laughs> I um, I think in like 2010, in high school, sophomore, picture a, a, a stashed young Stephen, and the first pop punks uh, album I was introduced to was the cover album that four year strong did and i was like this is pop punk and this is everything even though every song was like a cover and then i was like hey hey charles woody what's what's other pop punks um bands like and he's like check check this one out and the wonder years came up and then i was like holy shit this is it this is pop punk this is why i'm here (laughs) and and i think from that point uh forward i was i was changed as a music listener, it was, you know, dynamite shovel every morning and uh, upsides all day, every day. And then, you know, 2011 rolled around a little older, a little wiser uh, suburbia came. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm screaming the lyrics and, and crying alongside soupy, even though, you know, I've never been on tour. I've never <laughs> had a, I've always had a place to live. So it's like, I never had the actual problems uh, that are being discussed, but you know, I uh listening back on this album and staying with the Wonder Years, you know, uh our friend Kate came over to my house one time and she showed me the whole discography for uh the Great Generation. And I'm pretty sure I cried and it was just like, you know, I was just stoked for the next album and and then coming back, uh listening to Suburbia was like ah, it was a it was a warm hug. Especially when we when we saw the uh the Suburbia show a few months ago august shit that was earlier this year it's august right now that was when was that march i believe so i was trying to find the picture i couldn't but um yeah uh that was what a show that was that was great yeah that was the for a while that was the tour where they played the upbeds and suburbia right yeah both albums back to back yeah that's nuts And, and now they're on the Greatest Generation tour now, which I'm seeing in September. Oh, that's cool. We're going together, probably. <laughs> I'm doing the one in Atlanta with Sean. And then probably October, obviously, at Fest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta, I'm also probably going to catch them. Either play in full or catch their other set um, at Fest. Man, you describing this album like a warm hug was so sweet. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it is because you know I'm I'm listening to these and I'm I'm, I'm a such a fucking nerd. I took notes on every single song, um, and so I just I was like, all right, all these have you know they sound sad, but ultimately so positive. Yeah, you know it's really interesting going through on this album. I was like, oh, suburbia. I lived. I've I've grown up in suburbia. You know, my my right. the suburbs. Like, okay, so I was like, okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> what we're what we're what's we're, we're into and it's really interesting you know coming to terms with i'm in suburbia right i'm back in it mm-hmm. i've gone everywhere i've tried i'm traveling can't yeah. find a place to you know place my feet and i guess like a moment on the album that i like i, I really really enjoyed, like was um i like the song coffee eyes a lot oh oh yeah <laughs> it's you know the idea of like Oh, there's a place, no matter where I go, I come back. Even if I don't like this area, I come back and it's like, they know, they know what I want. You know, they know what they know me. 
they know of me, about me. They know what I like to eat, like to drink. Yep. That I, I heard that it hit me. And I was like, okay, there's. I was like, there's, there's a lot. This album, then I'm in for a ride. I'm in for a right. ride with coffee eyes. Yeah, coffee eyes specifically. I don't know if you can relate to this, Stephen, but it reminds me of going to Waffle House. Oh my god, after. that's my notes. <laughs> I wrote that down on my notes. <laughs> yeah, fully, fully just going to Waffle House after like every show. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a tradition for a while. And you know what's funny is that I I had never been to Waffle House until I started going to those shows. Wow, with you know just our group of friends and woody specifically and so i i remember for like a year and a half i i had only ever been to waffle house with woody and i <laughs> i don't remember what happened but i i remember <laughs> making a facebook post the day that i went to waffle house without him for the first time i was like this feels wrong <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the daytime <laughs> that's not when you go to waffle house yeah this is uh this is odd like it's I uh, I literally wrote down coffee ice waffle house as hell, and, <laughs> and I'm just like this is this just brought brought back like everything everything in perspective. Oh man, Steven, were you at the uh, the show where the power went out at the pit? Oh yes, oh yeah, that was in uh, March of 2013. The Wonder Years played. Uh-huh at the pit in Jacksonville. This was after the pit used to be at the beaches and then yeah. they moved it to university. So it was the Wonder Years, Fireworks. Do you remember who else played? Uh, I, I can't remember. I just, it, the Fireworks and Wonder Years stood out the most because, you know, I still listen to both of them today. But I'm pretty sure that was an insane set with it was, everyone that was there. It was wild. I mean, like, all, and, and a lot of our friends were there and the power went out pretty early on into the show and it was it was out for a while and so what they did was they the band just set up and started playing acoustic sets and wow so they were playing so they were kind of just like on the on the floor playing they they weren't up on the stage and all the bands made it through i don't i wish i could remember who else was playing but they went through all of it because the wonder years was was headlining and (laughs) The Wonder Years played, I want to say it was their first song, but I, I know specifically they played Don't Let Me Cave In and then the lights came back on and it was so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I just got chills thinking about it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was it was a surreal experience. And then and then all of the bands were like, I mean, it was late as fuck and they were just like, yeah, let's just play full sets. So <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they went back and they played full sets and that was the show when Sammy, I think she got like kicked in the head or something and yeah. and they had to call an ambulance because they were worried that she had a concussion so, oh my god that's right so we went outside with her for a little bit we were out front waiting for the ambulance and then danny went inside and grabbed soupy and was like hey can you come? <laughs> <laughs> so i took a picture um of sammy and soupy together because he was he was he was great he was really nice yeah. um came out to see her and then she 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 was fine she got a full bill of health and then she went back in set. and if i'm not mistaken she went back in she she for sure stage dove after that 
And huh. I thought she, but she kicked me in the face when she staged over and broke my nose. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. That was, that was a ridiculous show. It was so good. Yeah, it was just, I, I, pre, I think I remember at least almost at every one of your show I've been at, someone I've known has gotten kicked in the face and or pummeled in some way. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's a rowdy time, but like because everyone's just so excited. <laughs> Everyone like, is so excited. <laughs> well, that didn't happen at the the show this year. I don't think that that happened. But that one girl, oh, like her <laughs> knee dislocated. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, but I don't think that any. I don't think that anybody like hit her or anything because she was yeah, she was just standing I, next to us, and all of a sudden her knee just fell out. <laughs> I think she tried to like get on someone's shoulders for a stage dive situation and then like it all happened and i think it was during living room song i'm pretty sure and then like we were, everyone was like screaming and it was like and dan's like is she all right <laughs> <laughs> it was it was nuts it was like right next to us it looked like she like broken her full leg oh jeez <laughs> it was nuts great set great show that's what it sounds like i mean yeah <laughs> The only time that I've ever front flipped for <laughs> uh, like into a crowd was during the Wonder Years um, when they played Southeast Beast in 2014. Oh. And I still feel bad about it to this day because so I was I was working Southeast Beast. That was when I was working with Rory with Rory Friends. Oh yeah, yeah. And because I was working, I had a flashlight attached to oh. my belt loop. So I jumped into the crowd with this full flashlight, just like laughing around. I still feel so bad about that. Like I don't, I didn't see it hit anyone, but I don't know how could I. So right. I, I, I still feel bad that I did that, but it was really fucking cool <laughs> to do. And that that stage specifically was just just the right height for that. I think. Wow. So what I'm hearing, <laughs> Wonder Year shows. Something about this sad music gets people <laughs> just rambunctious. People Very are just <laughs> yeah. yeah, amped even. <laughs> Misery and company and all that. <laughs> the, the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. Yeah. So what do you think it is that you know, kind of the, the, this album, you know, Suburbia and also the Wonder Years and Tell, of course, talking about it. What is it that makes it what makes makes this album this band special? You know, how do they bring this? There's a lot, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of things are bringing out of people. What do y'all say? You know, what's the what's the sauce? What's the magic recipe? I mean, for me personally, there is a with this album specifically too. There is a profound sort of nostalgia that's like the front runner emotion for me while listening to this album. Just just the, the nostalgic times of like of your you know just growing up and like not needing to figure out you know what's next and like you know what couch you're gonna sleep on next but like you know you didn't have to worry about it and then having thinking about it now and re-listening to it and having more experiences to relate to with each song and just like shit this got put into perspective real quick but for me personally it's that it's that nostalgic sort of emotion yeah i would i was gonna say the same thing honestly it's very it's very nostalgic for me and i think that like 2012 is probably around the time when a lot of my 
music taste was solidified. So this yeah. was one of the bands that was there. So they really they they really just hold a place in my heart, you know. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Listening to this, I like I feel like I'm right there and I've only heard this album the handful of times I heard it before this year. <laughs> like, super anthemic, you know. Yes. Every song, it's my second time listening to some of these songs, and I'm trying to sc- scrounge for the lyrics you know, <laughs> out loud. Because I, I work at a radio station, I work at WLRN here in Miami, and in the recording studio where I, you know, I produce and all that. When I when you close the door, you can't. It's you know soundproof, but there's <laughs> there is a, a window so you can see in in case you got to give me a cue or whatnot or say something, and you can just see my coworkers is looking at me through the little window. You know they can't hear my they can't hear me. At least my mouth just frantically trying to pick up the words <laughs> and they're like aren't you supposed to be working i'm like relax this is part of the process all right i, I am working. and so I, I i it's crazy i can relate to that after really just hearing these songs for a handful of times or even as yeah. music so i think that it's a testament to like their songwriting ability and such on their third album oh, yeah that third album yeah like um one of one of my favorite songs is the uh, local man ruins everything, and like Great. it's like such a, such a battle cry of a song, you know, like living with depression and fighting that constant battle, and it's it's like and you know this the line from the song it's not about forcing happiness it's about letting not letting sadness win it's like oh oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. the, that's the one where I really felt like it is a direct callback to the upsides and just being oh, like, yeah. you guys, please, <laughs> please calm down. Like I'm not, I'm not as together as you think that I am. <laughs> and and that's when he's like, you know, I'm not sad anymore, but like it's you know, for now. <laughs> like I'm it's it's a constant daily thing. Yeah, and that was the first single that they released from the album too. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it was the upsides, and then and then they released that one. Do we want to get into the the full album? Yeah, yeah, going song by song here. So came out swinging is the first track, and I have to say, so came out swinging comes on shuffle for <laughs> me more than any other song, and or more than any other other Wonder Years song, and. Um, I have to say the more that I listen to it, I do, I feel like it is a perfect track. Yeah. Um, <laughs> aside from the Morgan Spurlock reference, which did age poorly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, so Morgan Spurlock did the Super Size Me uh, documentaries and in 2017, he wrote a blog post admitting to a bunch of sexual misconduct so um so not a great comparison to make but yeah you know we get the point (laughs) right they were eating fast food (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah like a very a very strong start to an album i mean even listening to it i i I started it over like three or four times before i was just like all right okay now i'm ready i just had to (laughs) let it pump me up enough i mean it, it it's all about the uh it's the invoking of com- the feelings of like returning home for the uh, for holiday after a break you know like coming back to everything after have done everything it feels like and then nothing's changed when you come home 
that is like that is exactly that you know you going know? through like doing all these things coming back and then you gotta go hit it once mm-hmm. again you know figuring out what's next like yeah <laughs> it constantly coming out swinging you know so yep. this never ending process tour go back home tour manage to survive try to survive come back home nothing strange tour find yep. else to live doesn't work out come back home tour come it's um and it's chaotic it's hectic and the song does this i don't say the song is chaotic but definitely uh it does it can bring that sense of hecticness and just this yeah rush back and forth wonderful song wonderful song started off the album yeah like i uh I really, I, I revisited this album like legitimately when I was in college, you know, and living when I lived by myself there for a bit. I'm just like, when I go every time I went to go visit home, I'm like, ah, this feels stagnant, but also like right for some reason. And then I'm like, I, I gotta, I can't get complacent. I gotta get back out. I gotta go back to college. I gotta, you know, mm-hmm. get back over there and start shit up again. Nope, can't stay stagnant. Gotta yeah. keep swinging. <laughs> exactly. And I love I'm a I'm a big sucker for the smooth transition between songs and they oh, and yeah. goes from came out swinging directly into woke up older really nicely. Yep. They do that like three or four songs in a row. I'm just like it's the same song. Just the same <laughs> song over. <laughs> like I guess transitioning to woke up older, it's um it just sort of the whole theme of, you know, Serbia and where you are and you know, you're in this town that doesn't change but you feel yourself changing getting older mm-hmm. so, carrying two years in the bags under my eyes i like that line yeah that yeah but you know and it's my hairline's not receding but <laughs> you know but um <laughs> it i don't know i don't know y- y- y'all can help me out with this one yeah like it i mean it's to me, it's the happiest breakup song I've heard, you know, because he's like kind of talking about his now ex girlfriend, yeah, Jessica. Which is is this the Jessica from Hey Thanks? August? Yeah, when he says Hey Thanks again. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, hey Thanks was like a a song on an older album. It was a ukulele song, had trombones in it. It was really super sick, uh, and it was about uh, the girl, the girlfriend he's talking about, or the ex girlfriend he's talking about in the song. Um, and I'm just, you know, I haven't experienced not having like a couch to crash on, but the idea of trying to figure out where to live after a big life event is understandable, you know, like I, and that's kind of like the whole thing is just like, you know, you just wake up and then you blink and you're, you know, two years older and <laughs> you also don't have a house of your own or a place to sleep. And you're like, I right, gotta, you gotta figure this shit out. Yeah. There's a part in the song uh, where it slows down and he says, when John introduced woke up new and St. Augustine, I knew I wasn't alone. And that is referring to the mountain goats and saw the mountain goats playing. So woke up is a reference to the mountain goats song. Oh, that's neat. Nice homage. Lovely homage. I know they do a few of those in the whole album. Yeah. They have a, a lot of references uh, <laughs> out of the tracks in this album. There's this Mountain Goats, and then I think some other songs, which we'll get into. You know, it's all Allen Ginsberg. Uh, mm-hmm. In America. Yeah. 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 We'll get into that. 
Local Man Ruins Everything is the next one. I know we kind of talked about that already. I think one of my one of my favorites. Yeah, like I mean, like I said, it's a battle cry song, you know. I'm just I start to tear up every time it gets to like halfway through the song, I'm just like, Woo! <laughs> time to rally. <laughs> I'm not a self-help book. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. he- hearing that the upsides was such a positive album, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it makes sense. And it's great having this being the single, the first single off of suburbia people are like, Oh wow. You're so happy. You guys are so, all so positive. <laughs> Nothing in your life goes wrong. And then you drop your fans this song and you're saying it's not about forcing happiness, but letting yeah. not letting the sadness win. And your fans are like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, that's where you're wrong. Yeah. You know, it's very cathartic. You know, oh, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's got a couple of days. Anytime I was thinking about life, I'm like, damn, I don't know where this job is taking me or where I'm going to go after this X, Y, Z. And I just, I'm just like, you know, just don't let the sadness win. Just stand tall, keep going. It's um, you know, it's it's a lovely song. You know, yeah. lovely song. battle doesn't battle doesn't end. Yeah. You, know, you deal with your depression, you deal with your anxiety, you deal with what's on your mind, and you just got to know that don't let it win and keep standing. Yeah, I mean, it's never ending. You know, like that's just how it is. <laughs> I don't know what exactly it's a reference to, but when he says i don't have roses in the closet but i have pictures in the drawer i always i love that line so much and even though i i don't have pictures in a drawer but <laughs> it just <laughs> it it feels so relatable i mean i definitely you know have mementos in in whatever way of my own and even just memories in my head that i'm keeping that i always go back to and I feel like that it it evokes nostalgia. Yeah, like almost almost directly. Like I, I think like, and it's just f- pure speculation, but like maybe like the roses in the closet. It's like here's the gesture that I wanted to do, but now that like the time is, I feel like the time the window is closed. The window of opportunity is closed. So the the flowers will stay there, but actually, you know what? I still have my memories, and maybe I missed this one thing, but I still have my memories and the pictures in the drawer. You know, like who knows? Maybe. I don't know, <laughs> but definitely direct line to nostalgia. Yeah, no, I think that I think you hit it there well. Especially looking at, I got the pictures in the drawer. Is everything left in me not to stare at them anymore? Mm. And it it's it sounds like refusal. You know, like you don't want to let go, and it's hard to let go. You know, they got these good old memories and you just want to cling on yeah and hold on to them and not yeah. deal with what's the impending whatever is coming up you know ahead of you it's that is as you said directly nostalgia right there directly yeah. the song following after this on the album is suburbia the first of three like interlude title song you know things yeah the the title tracks plural right <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of interesting you know they're gonna broke it up into three different songs yeah yeah i know like a lot of people did that early on and yeah i love it i love that shit um, yeah because it's because like you know i mean listen to it taking the taking the words off the page i was like 
uh, I mean, this is just about, you know, like Pennsylvania, like their town, like oh, what's going on there. But I mean, you know, it's it's more like a, I, then I like thought about it a little more critically, and it's like yeah, it's it's kind of an introspective look on like on a town after homecoming, you know, coming back, and it's just like, hey, this is a uh, this all is still here and <laughs> nothing's changed. <laughs> the whole town feels sad. I can't blame it. Yeah, it's like I too would feel sad knowing <laughs> that. This bowling early burnt down. We know why it burnt down. And, right. You know, I don't get on this bus anymore for school. I take this one to leave. And mm. also, everyone else is also leaving and nothing is here anymore. <laughs> yeah, like it's changing, but still feels the same, which is weird, you know? Yeah. You know, setting. It's just different faces, same vibes. Different faces, same vibes, or, or lack of faces, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Just blurs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, quick snapshot interlude, giving us a look at their their town, you know, their hometown. Yeah. My life is a pigeon. <laughs> I mean, DIY at its finest. <laughs> I think it's like a, a theme song for like, all right, you know what? We're going to do this and do it right. Sorry. Sorry, everyone else. Kind of like a like a middle finger to the haters. I love, first off, I just want to say when when the song goes, it's like you're drawing battle lines for a war that doesn't exist and I don't want to fight it. Bum, bum, it's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The placing of all that is so good. good. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, I don't remember when, but back in the day, uh, this was actually... Uh, the song that August used against me when I made like a shitty elitist comment one time. Did I? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it, you specific this this the line specifically. Uh, Army of Salt Righteous. An Army of Salt Righteous kids who doesn't like the seven inch. Yeah. Or who only like the seven inch. It's so yeah. funny that you say that. Okay, finish what you're saying because yeah. So like I I think it was I was complaining about I, I think it was at the Maverick show um, where they played like. I think it was like an anniversary tour, so they're just playing a bunch of stuff. But I was like, and it was like after that, and I'm like, oh my god, all these, all these young kids don't even know these these older songs. <laughs> I'm just like, and then I just you know said that out loud, and then then you're like, uh, there's a whole song about that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you're right. What am I doing? What am I saying? <laughs> Looked inward, real hard. It's so funny because I I think about that line all the time. Army of self-righteous kids who only like a seven inch because I, because I feel like that sometimes I made, I made a comment to Lennon the other day and I don't remember what band it was about, but I was like, yeah, I'm the self-righteous kid who only likes the seven inch. Uh, yeah. It's so- <laughs> uh, I mean, like who, who, who am I? Who am I to say like, Oh, you don't even know. You weren't even there when it first came. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Sorry, a new face is coming to listen to the band you like. God forbid you can't just sing along with them. I don't know. It was just sure. And I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a difference between like being a self righteous asshole about it and just like genuinely preferring somebody's like older work. Yeah, so I think that obviously that's a difference. Like, I'm not an asshole about it, but I do have um, my preference. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got my preferences. I've got, <laughs> I've got. 
my tattoos from the literally the, called the Untitled Seven Inch that Lotusy released. That's like <laughs> the, the only thing that they've released that's not on Spotify. And, wow. <laughs> and you love it. And I love it. And, you know, I feel like I'm trying to prove something, but I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes it, it does. I don't know. I feel I feel like I've been called out by the song. Yep. <laughs> I definitely was, literally. <laughs> which, is, which is the whole point of the song of that line. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. It's, you know, look inside of you. Like, it's you the whole en- thing of it. Yeah. You enjoy this. Everyone else enjoys it. And But I feel like, you know, everyone at some point is the art is that self-righteous kid like y'all were saying like I, yeah like just hearing y'all talk about it i was like damn that's <laughs> also me i was playing through every every band every artist that i that i listened to and how many times i'm like you know really happy they're really popular they're really big but i really enjoyed the material that he sang on before it's just this stuff doesn't do it for me yeah or you know i really like the new stuff but you know, they don't really p- play stuff from the first three albums anymore. Mm. So I go back and I listen to those first three albums in a way to be like, yeah, <laughs> I listen to their, I listen to their self-titled debut that no one else, most people usually don't. And I f- yeah. feel better because of it. And really, there's no reason to feel better. Like, come on now. Right. Like, even the newest stuff is for someone, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's for someone. And sometimes that someone can be you, right? Exactly. After, you just got to give it a listen and. Yeah. Let go of that seven inch. <laughs> uh, I just hate change, you know. So <laughs> change is dumb. <laughs> well, you know. But, but also, oh. <laughs> if somebody puts out the same album over and over again, you know. Right. I mean, I would probably still like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's plenty of people that would have something to say about that. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know, it's always a struggle uh, with bands and artists. Not just bands and artists, also like content creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, poets, authors, restaurants, uh, breweries. You know, like everything. People, you get big on something, and people really enjoy that. And you try to do something different, or you try to go new, and you have the push. People don't like that, or you try to mm-hmm. claim, and then just get lambasted for being like a. Of a, a, a one trick act, right? Right. You know, and your response is tantamount, like little sidebar. Like I, I love, I love Devo. Devo's one of my favorite bands, and <laughs> at, Devo came out with that first album. You know, you know, question. I mean, you know, we are Devo, <laughs> and people loved it. Then you know, new wave, synthy rock sound, mm. uh, and then as the albums went on, they really put the guitar in the background and started going full synth, and their fans were like. We kind of want this again, you know. We we want more whip it. We want um we want your cover of satisfaction from the first album. Like, who want sounds like that? So what did Diva do? They just made more albums that were the complete opposite <laughs> of what the fans wanted and called them out consistently on these albums. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then they <laughs> which like on one hand, like, wow, this is great, sticking to your guns. But then you know, they lost popularity, they got kicked off the label after the fifth or sixth album. Still a great band, you know. It's just, it's this constant battle. Yeah, like you got to find a line of like, you know, doing stuff to appease the fans and then doing, doing, doing an album for you as the creator or doing the thing for you just like once or twice. Yeah. And the wonder years definitely found and carved that out for themselves. Oh yeah. The next song after this one is summers in PA. I mean, just doing dumb shit with friends. 
the song. <laughs> I, I just it's this one. I mean, me and me and Woody would just from dirt mountain climbing to smashing TVs to sitting on burning toilets. Like, I mean, it was just, just doing stupid things for the hell of it. This one was really a big nostalgic button for me. There's something about weeknights in the suburbs. Mm. Yeah, it really is. And this whole song, this song, I think, is also really cool because it's really, uh, it's really the antithesis of the typical pop punk. I hate my town. You know, I I hate where I'm at. This song, they're like, you know what? celebrate where we're at. Yeah, it's like you know what? It's not. It's not that bad, you know. Something about these weak nights, you know. I'm more than happy going we can down. Find something to do. Yeah. We'll stay. We'll stay. Oh. <laughs> like you can always find something to do, and even if it's dumb, it's still something you're doing with with your homies in the suburbs. It's uh, yeah, yeah. And Alan and Dan for your strong did get vocals for this one. Oh, this is the the one that they did. Yeah. Uh it's so cool. That's so rad. Good song, great vocals, great vocals on that song. Yeah, and even in that, they were talking about Denny's. So you know, like diners are a mainstay here. <laughs> you get your waffle houses, your Denny's, wherever. There's, there's something about something about a good diner, you know. Something about a good diner. Morning after, hungover, go to the ventanita. Get my cafe con leche, get mm. some coffee, jumpstart the next day or the night if I'm at a if I find a twenty four hour you know twenty four hour joint here. <laughs> I won't say the words prayer. So this is one of the songs that I used to sing to Jude for his lullabies at night, mm. and I love it so much. It's so it's such a pretty song, and it does. I don't know. I guess I say pretty, but I mean, it is, <laughs> it, it's really pretty and it just, it encapsulates a feeling so perfectly that feeling of rejecting religion and, you know, women with gold crosses push kids into half form beliefs. It's like, come on. Yeah. I just, I, I think this is my second favorite, like, it, it just sort of gave it, it gives such a way to like to think about organized religion. It's not that it's not saying like, "Hey, don't do religion." It's like, get out of here. It's it's saying like, before you go ahead and put your full one hundred percent faith into uh, something, just think critically, or don't even be afraid to think critically. Like, question. You know, if something's weird to you, question it. I mean, what what's the harm in that? You know, like it's. It was, it was exactly. a really interesting way to think about it. Exactly. And I don't know if it's, I mean, I don't think religion is specific to the suburbs, but I guess it, it evokes that feeling because I, I can, I can imagine so many people that, you know, that I went to school with back in the day or whatever that, that still have this feeling where it's like, you're not looking at it critically. You're stopping progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like religion definitely is not something that is only to adhere to the suburbs but the suburbs definitely are a place that breeds a stronger grasp of it because again it's monotonous nothing is happening mm-hmm. nothing is changing 
And if everything else dies out and you know goes away, you can be sure there's going to be a church somewhere there, right? And people, yeah. 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 What I like about this song, especially, is that it's not like as 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 you said, Stephen. Like he's they're, he's they're not saying don't believe in God. Don't the issue isn't in itself or whatever someone's faith, whatever. But it's the whole thing on the the institution of you know the church, Christianity, and how you see it in these towns. The whole the billboards that flaunt these scare tactics, driving uh, through Florida like Jesus. Uh, yeah. Oh my God! You drive north and south, and they're everywhere up on all these things, Good leading luck. into everything, you know. And the whole thing about you know, think critically. If everyone around you is in this church and it's the only thing open in the suburb, you don't have to think critically, right? Yeah, like that's why it comes out in that. And especially like for me, growing up in a very religious family, I'm the same. Like I can't, I can't knock religion inherently because right. it. It really did. It, it saved a lot of my family in a sense, you know, in some really bad times. Uh, my grandmother's life, don't know where she'd be without it, right? Like in Liberia, and the convent, right. and how, you know, it's helped my aunt with all of her heavy, heavy, deep seated depression, a lot of issues that she was going through in Liberia. And so I can never knock it because it saved people close to me. But, right. but, <laughs> big but, right? Big but. <laughs> That's as far as it goes when it comes to the deeper, like, the institution and the very the the whole thing like you can't like it's religion and tied to my religion is homophobia and transphobia yeah dude and all that i'm like come on think for yourself yeah right. there's such a i think i think too the important thing about it is that it's not necessarily about you know religious people but it is about the indoctrination the act of and, like pushing Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the evangelism and yeah. just the the idea that you know there's no reason to question it if it's if it's what your parents did then it's what you'll do. Fall in line. The uh, the line. Um, if we're all just Christians or lions, I think I'd rather be on the side with sharper teeth. I hits don't need saving. So hard. It hits so hard. <laughs> I'm just like ah. I mean, come on, dude. When I first heard that, listening to this album, I was like, this is, um, especially after hearing things about, you know, Daniel, the Lion's Den, Christianity, and mm-hmm. many sermons all my life growing up. Then to hear it subverted in this way. Yeah. I was like, this is so cathartic. I don't spend need my life on knees. I refuse oh. to spend my life on my knees. Whew. And the double imagery on that, right? Like refusing to say I'm going to be defeated and also refusing to be submissive and indoctrinated to this bs yeah it's wonderful you know what this 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 conversation here is now pushing this to pop my second favorite song on the album yeah (laughs) it's a goosebumps of a song absolutely the next song coffee eyes talked about a little bit talked about this a little bit earlier yeah which and i said this is my favorite on the record just the feeling of continuing the trend of or the theme of you know Hometown's not that bad. Suburb, you know, the sub- suburb, <clears throat> you know, there's there's always been a table for me there. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and again, sub continuing the trend of subverting the typical pop punk punk lyric or theme of I hate my hometown. Right. It's like, a lot of critical thinking. There there's a there is a a space. There's a couple spaces I like in my town. And whenever I go, 
it's like I'm family, you know, like yeah, yeah. Olive Garden. Because <laughs> here you're family. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, as someone who still lives in their hometown, I guess it it is. I mean, I never really thought about this song that much. I I feel like for whatever reason. I haven't listened to it as much as other songs on the album. Mm. I I think maybe it just wasn't downloaded for me or some, some typical reason, reason why it just didn't, it it wasn't on my radar. Like for some reason it would come on and I would be like, shit, this is part of the album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. But, um, so I've never, I never thought about it that much, but as you guys were talking about it, I guess it does give you that feeling like I, I was thinking about how when Woody and I got engaged we just went to this restaurant that we go to all the time and there was a waitress there who we see all the time there and she was excited to see us she recognized us and uh, we, wow. you know we got to like tell her that we were engaged and she was all happy for us and everything and and it's a it, I mean it, it is a good feeling having that familiarity the familiarity is something that i mean i don't i don't plan on living here forever but i also i mean it is it is scary to think about leaving all of that chopping up the roots and moving somewhere else yeah no because familiarity is hard to you know develop like that expression when someone recognizes you that is that's years right that is yeah that's that's time and get up and move you have to build it again maybe unless you know you know someone that's already there or if you know some people they're doing something there that recognize you but most of the times you don't and it can be scary leaving that it's it's comforting having familiarity scary to build it back up again yeah it's a little perpetual in that regard yeah absolutely the lyric I really like on, on this song, you know, so you can try to forget or say it's the past. You know, you always end up right back where you left. Oh, that is the exact line that I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like that line is, it, it, it permeates everything. Not just, you know, the, the town that you're in or whatever, but, you know, the way you think about things or problems you try to handle and the incorrect way which always just puts you right back to the beginning, right? Like, yeah. You know, like for me, like I've, you know, I was in Gainesville for school. I lived in Salt Lake. I've lived a couple of places. And especially thanks to the pandemic, you know, I'm still back home in Miami, <laughs> in Kendall. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm right back where I left. And it always feels like progress hasn't been made. That's not true. No, that's progress is being made. Right. No. And it, it is nice having my haunts down here where people are always like, hey, man, what's going on? And it makes it all it makes it that much easier to handle the suburban malaise. As- <laughs> yeah, I remember someone someone you called my generation the boomerang generation. I'm like, fuck, man, don't call me out. <laughs> having left for college. I also uh, was in Gainesville for college uh, and then coming back here in jacksonville and i'm like oh oh no <laughs> it's me it's like, i'm i'm the person in these songs yeah it's me fully seen <laughs> so i've given you all of the acoustic track on the album 
very different vibe, I would say. Yeah, the the second kind of uh, uh the interlude title songs. So sad. Yeah, the only thing I wrote down was "Man, I'm sorry." Yeah, <laughs> it's literally just about a uh, a Vietnam vet who was sleeping outside and was found dead, and that's like that sucks. And and it, and what from what I understand, like the only air quote homeless man in this town, I think, is what uh, was in the lyrics or somewhat something like that. Yeah. But it yep. turned out he wasn't even homeless. He just liked sleeping outside. And and he was just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. That sucks. You know, another sense of place, another just look at the setting of yeah. this town. And it's a really interesting I don't say interesting. It's um it's thought provoking. Yeah, thought provoking, kind of a weird other look at, you know, your sub- suburban town, because this stuff is not what happens right when you think of suburbia yeah because the whole thing about is nothing happens in suburbia but the one thing that does happen in suburbia is something that's very sad and very crushing i think i think it's kind of important to to tie it in to know that this kind of sort of thing happens everywhere so there there are some things that suburbia can't protect you from yeah point and just because you know you you don't look around critically, it's it's happening. It's like mm-hmm. especially now more than ever. I feel like I mean, definitely now more than ever. This is a stellar point to make there. Yeah, I mean to that end, like I'm 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 seeing especially because people places that used to be affordable closer to like for example closer to Miami Beach, closer to downtown Miami, closer mm-hmm. to these hubs, a lot more you know homeless people. Or people that are just down and out and you know only recently don't have a home because they're priced out of their home they can't pay rent can't pay the mortgage can't you know the other things foreclosed because the pandemic and people moving down here and seeing a lot of that more people moving into these into our into the suburbs like you know simply because they are being pushed out and i can i can tell yeah there are people that live around here they're like how can this happen in my in my quiet area <laughs> these terrible homeless people are coming in and asking for money. And I'm like, dog, it's, I don't know how you can go so long just thinking like, as if like no one has any such problems like these, but yeah. Fucking Nindies. <laughs> An understatement. <laughs> That's a great point. I guess what a wonderful point. <laughs> now, the next track, don't, don't let me cave in. Don't let me cave in. Oh, be my favorite song on the album. I I can't. Uh, when when I was <laughs> the Lord's Prayer came on, at first I was like, oh, it's don't let me cave in because I like <laughs> I love both of the tracks so much. I mean, they're obviously very different, but that was like my my first reaction when I was doing a a listen through because I I think of don't let me cave in as one of like the biggest or one of the lullabies that that i would sing for jude a lot and Mm. so i i kind of had forgotten about i won't say the lord's prayer being one of those but don't let me cave in has got to be it's got to be my favorite it was the second single they released on the album so yeah may and the album came out in june and it's it's another pretty one i gotta say yeah I mean, honestly, like, whenever it, it kind of reminds me when I, when my family would visit 
I mean, in Gainesville, whenever I lived on my own. And, well, you know, it was nice, you know, hanging out. But then whenever it was time for them to leave, man, I got so fucking sad. So sad. Lonely as hell. And, like, it's just, you know, ultimately the song's about, like, figuring out where you belong and who, like, you want to surround yourself with. Like, you know, the line, the there comes a day when you rectify who you are with who you want to be with. Ooh! Probably one of my favorite lines. I just, you know, just getting comfortable with yourself and then, like, figuring out how to surround yourself with either like-minded people or people who will put you in a better spot mentally and as a sports system, like, yeah. ah, so good. Yeah. Having that, having that, you know, having that support system, uh, you know, having that one person that you know, helps you from breaking all the way down from, uh, when there's no one else to help you while you're trying to figure out your footing and all that, having that, like having that friend, like you drove me all the way up here. Cause you could tell that I was a mess. Having that friend, mm-hmm. like, you know, you got to get somewhere two hours away. Let's do it. It it's so nice, you know, to for those two hours, you know, you just close your eyes, pass out. Yeah. Helps you, you know, go along the way. You know, I mean even nothing else, you may not have your footing anywhere else, nothing there, but for those two hours having that good friend that yeah, you know, can help secure at that point, whether it's family, you know, you don't want them to leave, friends. The way it's a it's a special thing, and it is as Zonka said, it, it is it, it is a pretty song. I think "pretty" is a great way to describe it. Yeah, having that support system to fall back on is like, or or establishing that support system is like half the battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Familiarity takes time. Yep, doesn't just take time. Jude just walked through the room <laughs> to take the trash out and. <laughs> So he opened the door to the outside. It is currently 97 degrees outside, but because we're recording, I can't have the fan or the AC on in this room. So he opened the door to outside and it got cooler in here. What? (laughs) Just the airflow. Oh my God. That is bonkers. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the line spent last night eating Mexican outside of Logan Square basement show with Evan is um, a reference to Evan Weiss from Into It Over It. Um, yeah. And then I want to say it was the next year um, for the Glamour Kills tour. Steven, did you go to that with us? I, I don't think so. It was in Orlando. We, we all drove to Orlando. Um, but the Glamour Kills Tour released a split LP and Into It Over It recorded a cover of Don't Let Me Cave In. Oh. Evan changed the line to spent last night singing sad songs with Daniel on New Year's Eve in Philly. Ooh, that's cool. So sweet. I also just really love the part at the end where asked if we could stay in bed and the note changes into the minor I love it so much. Yeah. I'm trying so hard to resist the urge to just sing every <laughs> reference that I'm making. This is going to make this recording this podcast really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. 
let yourself sing at least one. <laughs> oh, I will, but it's going to be a living room <laughs> song. We're all <laughs> singing a living room song. <laughs> Just wait for it. Next track. You made me want to be a saint. Uh, gut-wrenching. Yeah, this song is just soul-tearing. I know, but also in the same regard, like, instead of instead of it being a ballad, it's like this more pop-punky sound to a very sad situation. Instead of coming together for a death of a friend and family. <sighs> to 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 get a little blue my 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 granddad passed away recently and uh we had a memorial for her and there's family that i haven't seen in a while were there in attendance but it's like you know it, it sort of sucks because like i feel like the only time i see some of these people is when there's a death in the family <laughs> but like it, in terms of like let's say i, I can't imagine the day coming together for a friend's funeral like i just refused to imagine that sort of idea but i mean if and when it happens it'll be a celebration of the person you know i think that's how most people i know would prefer it Mm -hmm. and it just kind of makes you you know want to appreciate those that are close to you a little more Mm. the only thing i wrote down was the fuck that part is (laughs) you know yeah sorry sorry for your loss no Uh, i mean that's you know it's life it was she's up there in age so it's just part of it but i mean more importantly to me what i took from that whole situation was was just the coming together and the celebration we went to olive garden funny enough um, (laughs) afterwards (laughs) and it was and it was just it was fun though you know it's but it sucks that this this is the only time we all get together. It's like, all right. Right. Like you, you try to squeeze every you know moment you can because you're like, well, another funeral until I see y'all again. Right. And it's like, how many, how many times can we joke about this until it's like, oh wait, that's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> At least you went to Olive Garden where y'all are family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oral. I hate that. that is a running joke. Oh <laughs> uh, no! But yeah, no celebration of life is important, especially uh, the whole thing of you know. I know you didn't want a ballad, and you want you want this to be a fast one. So here you go. Yeah, that note of we we made a fast song out of ballad for our friend. Yeah, because what he wants is it shows uh, it shows just a, a lot of care and love and. Just concern and how much we miss them, you know. Like this yeah. is, and this is, and he's immortalized. They're immortalized in in this track and in this performance because it's a fun song, you know. If you don't listen to the lyrics directly, oh, fun, great song. It's a great song, and you know what? That's what the fucked up part is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. Um, <laughs> Please get into it. Um, okay, so Stephen, you're making me think about, and also because the next track in hoodie weather, he says I've got my grandmother's veins in the back of my hands, and I 100% do. But my <laughs> my grandma passed away in 2020 when 
the pandemic was happening and it was like right before the vaccines were ready. So in December, so it was, her funeral was really close to Christmas. It was like right before Christmas time. And my brother came to town for it. I hadn't been in touch with my dad in years at that point. Um, My, my brother was talking to him enough to get the funeral information. And so my brother and I went to the funeral together and we showed up and we were having a hard time finding where, cause you know, like you get to the cemetery and it's like, where is the casket going? Um, yeah. Where are we going to be? Are we meeting in the, in the home? Or are we meeting like out in the field or whatever? And, right. And so we drove around for a bit. We went inside and we asked about it and they almost seemed like they didn't know what we were talking about. And then they ended up telling us that we had we had kind of already like driven past where uh, where she's being buried, and so we went back out. And basically, I guess my dad and my aunt had had some sort of argument over the estate or something. Um, Whoa! I found out later that there was there's like some sort of lawsuit going on between the two of them over it, which is ridiculous, but. Um, regardless, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know exactly what it was they were arguing about, but whatever it was apparently was important enough that no one came to the funeral. It was, it was my brother and I, and by the time that we got there, they had already lowered the casket. And so we just stood there and I, I was like, I was never like super close to my grandmother or anything. She, um, immigrated from Hungary by grandpa met her when he was fighting in world war ii and brought her home with him wow and you know i've never i've never known much about her side of the family i don't even i can't find what her maiden name was it's like there's no record of her from before she married my grandpa so it's really it's really weird like not knowing that that like part of you but it Mm -hmm. There's definitely part of me that like regrets not talking to her more, but regardless, yeah, I mean, we just stood there and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know a whole lot to say. I just know that she deserves better. And yeah, it feels really important to me that this friend got a song, you know, and the fact yeah. that like, you know, it, <laughs> it makes you think about like what's going to happen when you die and hopefully people show up to the funeral and hopefully people want to sing a fast one for you. So. Yeah. I mean, I would love to sell out my funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that was very nice. I I think this song is, I I have it starred. So it's definitely one of my favorites. And probably for that reason. You know, I think, I think about that a lot when she said August, like, Hopefully people come to my funeral. I don't know when. I don't know. Yeah. You know, where, how, why, none of that. But I hope that whenever that at least two, three, four people can just if that's all, or if there's four out of the how many people can bust a gut laughing at something stupid I said like fifteen years prior. Yeah. Because people do people do deserve better. But it's like a quick tangent. Like when my grandfather died, when we buried him back in Liberia, you know, his whole thing, his wish, he was like, I just want to be buried under this tree 
by our house here on Old Road. And, oh, wow. But that was his wish. My grandfather made such an impact back in Liberia. Friends, you know, he was an engineer, he built houses, he built like, you know, fences and whatnot. And my grandmother's brother, <clears throat> you know, my, I guess, I guess my, my great uncle, my grand uncle, <clears throat> uh, weird dude, but he was like, under a tree? No. This man is too much to the community. We're burying him. They buried him in like the big plot of land in, you know, the Catholic church in somewhere out there. Jeez. He loved him. And my grandmother's like, he wants to be buried here. He's they're like, no, 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 no. This is a Liberian man. He's too much. We cannot have him just out here. And they just completely subverted what he asked. For. Oh, what? But like in a in, in, in a good way. Like my grandmother didn't like raise hell and be like, no, it's gonna right. be here. You know, she was like, was like, yeah, because it was like, you know, the archdiocese of the church at the time. You know, her brother, who was like one of the last living generals of the army, like all these people, like, no, 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 no. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't want or need something like that, but yeah, you know, <laughs> just, one, just one person, just one person, you know, because you, you gotta think about how many, how many lives that, you know, someone could touch. And then it's like, you know, it, like my mom was saying after my grand aunt's funeral, like, you know, just do something simple celebrate you know me like have it be a celebration we don't gotta do the whole sad thing i'm like well it's gonna be sad regardless <laughs> but you know like i i, I think same I, I think if as long as it's like a celebration more so than a parting of ways that feels like what this album is about it's gonna be sad but <laughs> it can exactly. be a celebration yeah it's gonna be sad but it's a celebration that's why the shows go so hard Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's crying together. Yep. Front flipping on everyone together as a family. Exactly. <laughs> Here at Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you get a little bit about about that on on hoodie on hoodie weather, right? Just yeah. You <laughs> you know, this is the town. Wherever you are is what made you. And nothing wrong with trying to find some solid ground, sticking it throughout the winter and buckling down and celebrating what you got, as sad as it is. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a, almost like a song of complacency, but also complaining about where you live. So it's like, okay, who those, those who stayed behind, those who never like left the town to go do the things and then boomerang on back like oh you're still here great you know what's going on and then it's like oh i hate this town it's like oh okay <laughs> I, think about, I think about that line i was born here i'll probably die here i think uh, about a lot yeah i say a lot of times that i'll i'll probably die in clay county just because <laughs> of i don't know some sort of hate crime which probably i mean hopefully isn't real but um right. you never know fucking florida yep you know, and then like then they'll right after that just the let's go home, right? Like, <laughs> like acknowledging like, yeah, I'll probably die for some stupid something stupid is gonna get me killed because of dumb people in this state. And then I'm like, Well, let's go back home to Miami. <laughs> I'm like, it's like almost like an it is what it is, you know. Like, yeah. Almost. I mean, it's it's kinda like it's kinda where I'm at right now. It's like just wanna get the hell out of Florida. But also, it's kind of weird because, 
you got so many roots here, family, friends, and then you kind of look around at the people who are still here and who, who like I've graduated with, let's say, and haven't gone out of Florida or even Clay County and are just like, will, will stay here until they die. And I don't know. That's kind of weird to me. That's, it freaks me out kind of, honestly, I don't want to do definitely not in good old Jacksonville. The line growing up means watching my, my heroes turn human in front of me. Mm. Uh, Supi wrote that about newfound glory and about how, you know, he grew up looking up to them and then became friends with them. Uh, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite lines from the song for obvious reasons. Wow, that's interesting. You know, when I heard that line, the line sounded, you know, I guess a, a bit more, um, I don't say darker, but it sounded like, you know, like, um, uh, grow up in my heroes and turn human, you know, like you lose sight of the people you look up to. But knowing that it's because, you know, now they're like friends with just these bands that they looked up to, these individuals yeah. toured with, that that that's just that's a different that's just not what I expected. Yeah, um, it does seem I mean, to me the line sounds like watching my heroes turn human in front of me, it sounds like going from hero to human, it feels like a downgrade, but right. it almost seems like with context, it almost seems like being human is more of an upgrade. Right. Yeah, like instead of being on that pedestal, they're like, oh wait, we can talk to them and you know, be friends with them because they are human. Yeah. Being human. Yeah. That's the definite upgrade from being a hero because you can touch fellow humans. Yeah. I mean, humans are obviously much more complex than just the, the heroes that you build them up to be in your mind. Very much so. But that plays, you know, it plays a little bit into the, when you're able to come together and face those complexities, it, it makes it all the more sweet. Yeah. You can, you can kind of walk around, stomp around and say like, oh, I hate my life. I want to leave here. But, you know, it, you got to also find something. you lo- There's something you love, you know, yeah. establish that, surround yourself by it and, you know, kind of make a best, whether whether it's people or hobbies or, you know, what have you. It's, I kind of feel like the song sort of is like, are you complaining about it? But is there anything you're actually doing or there's some there's got to be something that gives you that that spark chase after that spark more yeah chase after your sparks and now i'm nothing (laughs) which i believe is the last song on the regular version of the album the culmination of the entire album yeah and the mini trilogy suburbia stop pushing I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. It's like, Suburbia, you know, you can't push me out. I've been trying to get pushed out. But now I'm here. I'm you know, spending my time alone. Doesn't scare me like I did a year ago. We go from seven seven months ago. You came out swinging to a year ago. Mm. And, and now I'm nothing. And, you know, trying to get back. Trying to make small moves here and there. The moves nonetheless. So suburbia, I know what I'm doing, and stop pushing. Yeah, I mean this this song really hit when I left um, when I left Gainesville. Until like thinking back on it, because uh, for almost a year when I was living by myself, 
I'm pretty sure I experienced depression, anxiety, and loneliness for like the first time. But, you know, looking back on that time, I fucking cherish it because it helped me learn how to cope and to not be afraid of loneliness, much like what's going on in the song. You know, like after this whole year of introspection and kind of dealing with the the punches, um, like, okay, I've kind of found a foundation to stand on, stand firmly on, and kind of go forward with this to move on to the next thing. And yeah, this one, this is this one really spoke to me, especially during that time for me. I love the little story about every year someone steals baby Jesus and nobody stops them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole manger thing. It's a nice tradition. <laughs> I saw there was somewhere that I saw it was like a soupy talking about that part. And like he said, he's like, I like how our manger scene at Christmas is in a park between two cannons. And I really like that nobody in our town notices any irony. So I guess the major is just set up with two cannons on either side. And that's just a wild thing to picture. In a town that's ever changing, but also not changing. It's nice to have some tradition. Right. With churches on every corner. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a... It's a nice end, especially, you know, last line of the song. Uh, I know we got miles to go, but I'm putting my shoulder to the wheel. This, you know, harkens back to not letting sadness win. Uh, yeah. It's an it's it's a battle. It's an uphill battle. You know, rolling the stone up the hill, but we'll work towards it. And, yeah. you, know, you know, in a way, the album is, it's, I think we said it earlier, it's a positive album. You know, it's yeah. not, again, I haven't heard the upsides. I don't know if that album is like overtly positive for you know but this is a it's just a pot it's just positivity you know steeped in realness it's yeah it's the journey of it all you know yeah i'm pretty sure the i also saw that like the whole album is sort of like a snapshot of the year they had mm-hmm. and it's you know everyone kind of goes through this very similar stuff it's very nostalgic because it's very relatable but you know, it's it's the journey of it all, and seeing how other people are also kind of going through the same things, or right. seeing how they go through it, and it's inspiring, mostly. It is, and that's why it sounds so fresh all these years later. Yeah, except Morgan Spurlock, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, do we have notes on the bonus tracks? My life as Rob Gordon, I think was neat just as a whole. Cause like it's a song about endings and, you know, finding the perfect song to walk out on the bar band song was, I think the last song on that album, Um, just all these different like ways of finding the right ending of something to even, you know, like if you want your, your swan song, to be something that's like representative of you. I don't know. It's it was a, it was a cool little track. I like it. I love the anytime somebody. This is going to be a, a theme in this podcast. But anytime somebody references older works, so when he says oh, Matt yeah. does, <laughs> Matt does yeah. when I mentioned him in bar bands. Could <laughs> any questions? Like I didn't catch that was 
um, a reference to the previous record uh, originally, but I love how there's just so many references to the pre the previous record on this album. Yeah, and I think the I think uh, the movie life reference was also in this song, which was another song about uh, I think the Kelly song from the movie life. Big reference song alone had like four or five different references. So nice. That's oh, a great song. And then Me versus The Highway. I didn't have anything written too much down for. Um, I didn't write down anything for this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just sort of another nostalgic song. That's kind of like the whole thing of it. I know I know they mentioned like uh, one of the lyrics, the uh, having a car accident dream. And like looking into car accident dreams, um, <laughs> it, it usually means like, you know, coming to a weird messy stop in life like something big happens that causes you to like put your life like your whole life on hold and and that's kind of like you know the whole album was like you know having to come back home is kind of like that stop um so i I don't know i'm definitely reading into it way more than i should be probably but i feel like it's it's kind of had like a very capital and nostalgic that was why i you know, enjoy it so much. Let's just the the first verse, the opening lines, you know, looking at the graffiti over 309. Yeah. Things like the romanticize. But now all over past says things like drag. <laughs> you know, it, it's so it's it's like it's like so what? Like just so something that people wouldn't even notice, but again, the town of like hometown, uh the highway, things that you associate with where you're from you can look forward to and now you can't anymore. Right. Like, I love looking at this patch of grass by my house. Just this, just an empty lot of grass. <laughs> and now there's a Publix and a Walgreens and a whole plaza on there. And I'm just like, I don't know. What, I'm not. I'm not sure what to make of it. <laughs> it's not the same patch of grass anymore. It is not. There's no grass on that patch anymore. <laughs> uh, going on to living room song. Living yeah. Room song. I feel like this is maybe the most pop punk thing that I've ever done, but I definitely had this song as my alarm for at least a year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's fair. Uh, Like as this song holds a very special place in my heart. Um, One of the times or or, sorry, one of the uh, many, um, the world was supposed to end times um i'm pretty sure this one was in 2012 uh i was in a room in a living room with kate was there kate rose and then a bunch of our friends and good friends and we were all just singing this song and someone recorded it and it was like it's we sounded horrible singing on the on oh, the I day do remember that <laughs> on the day it was supposed to be the end of the world and like it was so fucking cheesy um and then when this song came on when we saw it recently i those a lot of those people that were there were we were just arm in arm just fucking belting it out that was it was so good just magical and then that one girl like broke her leg and that kind of <laughs> took us out of it <laughs> it's such such a fun song yeah right here in the song i'm just like man damn Right. I want to hear this live. 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> it is uh it's good. It's gonna hold you you can't even hear uh Soupy singing because everyone else in the crowd is screaming it so loud. <laughs> All right, we have to sing it together. <laughs> All right, hold on, let me give me real quick, let me let me sit right up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. One, two, three, go. We don't, we don't have trouble sleeping. sleeping. No, no one has trouble sleeping. We don't have trouble sleeping. We know we know who we want to be. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> That sounded so disjointed with us on the call right now. <laughs> yeah. Good old uh, internet lag. <laughs> Incredible. You know, and then after they have all the other acoustic tracks and all the other things yeah. didn't even know existed. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, last thing for me to say is just, it's an incredible record. You know, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad this was the record we start start the podcast with yeah very neat nostalgic album that kind of kicked things off for my love of the wonder years i'm glad that you got to join us steven this was good me too thanks for having me all right so just to close things out before we go steven uh what are you listening to right now what's your song or album or band of the moment Oh yes. Um, let me find the exact band name. The band um, Honey Revenge. I've been listening to a lot recently. What do they sound like? Um, kind of like Haley Williams' newest stuff, like poppy, definitely pop punk, but okay. Very um, Airhead, really good song. Hmm. Definitely check them out. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer this question every time. <laughs> it's usually just going to be the men's ears and signals that last. <laughs> I mean, fair. All that I listen to, but um, I've been trying to do more discovery shuffling and um, new junk city has been coming up a lot for me lately. So I've got high in the morning stuck in my head for the past few days. Oh, Okay. Listen, I um, truth be told, the main band that's been I've been listening to, which I I feel I can't I don't know, I, can't, I don't know if I can I can use this band, <laughs> but because honestly I've been doing a lot of Stone Temple Pilots, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've, for some reason that feels like a cop on answer, but it is I don't know I've just been like doing this kind of this 90s alt rock grunge dive and their third album tiny music songs from the vatican gift shop is just superb <laughs> superb you know i don't know if there's some people out there who've probably don't listen to the first album core and they think they're a grunge band but you listen to this album varied right varied scott's vocals don't sound anywhere grungier like a copy and paste uh vetter vetter from program the grooves, the vocals, wonderful. But I guess, I guess another non-cop out, you know, from not an old band, uh, Bully, Bully's, Bully oh, yeah. her June 
album, uh, Lucky For You, is easily one of my top of the year. That album is bonkers. It's darker. It's like it's yeah. muddier. Like it's a lot more a couple of grungy elements in there and the sounds, how she sings is really emotional. It is. And I think she really showcases uh, uh, Alicia. The, I think that's the name of the, the our main person, bully lead singer really comes into her own and it's just really confident. It's a great record. And that I've been going back to that. every month. Yeah. Bully came up up for me on on Fest Radio one year, and I remember like trying to look them up and not being able to find a place to stream. But I see that they're on Spotify now, so yeah, and I listen to them more. Yeah, highly recommend, especially if you start with their with this most recent album. Superb, nice. All right, friends. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this is Best Friends Forever. We'll see you next time. Bye. Best Friends Forever. <laughs> <laughs>